you know, studies are constantly coming out that food is such an important part of a life and lack thereof. We're not counting calories anymore. We're just intaking food and not understanding there's repercussions to that. You know, I think when we're young and in our 20s, you know, we treat ourselves the worst. Like it was just party, 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 pizza, Taco Bell, you know, it was horrible. Like now there's all this stuff coming out about circadian rhythms and the light and how many days did I spend in my room till noon asleep? And it's it's just funny. It's funny the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Come here, come here though. So how we doing? Good. How are you? I am awesome. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate you. Thank you. Did you say I can I can hop on your YouTube? I sent you the Zoom on your Instagram. Well, I will check that. Uh, I will check that afterwards. Then cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it. So. Uh, with me, I mean, I don't know if you looked at at my content or or listened to my show or anything, um, but I just kind of get into it. There's no intro. There's no. Okay. Eh. Yeah, I don't. Eh. I'm a huge podcast listener, and I hate where it's like a five minute intro with a guest and all that, just because we're gonna get to know each other a little bit, and then you know I'll leave all your links in the episode notes below. But uh, I like to get to the the grassroots of the content first off, so. Uh, we first connected via Perfect Keto uh, live chat. So if people don't follow Perfect Keto, they should check that out because that was a that was a fun little convo. So I got to get to know you a little bit, and I started looking through your content and your site and all that. And I just think we got a lot of com- lot in common, like in terms of um, you know health and the passion for wellness and, and things like that. So for people that haven't looked at your site yet, if you can kind of give us a cliff notes of uh, what got you into focusing on your health and kind of what you do. Just like you, I had no choice. <laughs> so <laughs> That's right. I got really sick. Um, I followed the conventional wisdom of, you know, eat less, exercise more. And it was just doing everything that you see in the magazines, you know, back in the 90s, 2000s. And, you know, just running and eating Boca burgers and, you know, <laughs> um, everything women are supposed to do to be healthy. And I was drinking tons of Diet Coke and drinking tons of coffee. And um, I was just pushing myself all the time. I thought if I didn't go more or harder, I would be lazy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I never listened to my body cues that was like, stop or slow down or anything. I just kept pushing, pushing, pushing. And then one day I could barely get out of bed. And I was pretty young. I was a personal trainer. I had lost a lot of weight doing a low fat diet and Mm -hmm. I had become a personal trainer because I thought I want to share this with everybody and this is the way to do it. And, um, just, just count your calories. What's the big deal. And then I got super sick and I didn't know what to do because once you're sick in the conventional medical system, they really don't have any, any advice for you. It's just like, okay, well, you know, change your birth control or maybe take some antidepressants <laughs> or, um, yeah. you know, that's, that's really all they have. Uh, and they, maybe they say rest or something, but they usually don't say that. So, um, and, and we should point out not to interrupt, but the big reason why that is, is usually, un- unfortunately, um, it's been like this for a while where just medical doctors in general, when you get a degree in, uh, whatever your specialty is, you're supposed to stay in that lane. And that's the weird thing with 
like our healthcare versus overseas because you can dip into a lot of different pots when you're in the medical industry and in other countries. But for some reason in America, we're so addicted to like, if, you know, he's a gastrologist, he's he only needs to stick to that. He only needs to focus on surgeries and, and looking inside what's happening versus like there are other ways to kind of get uh, help. And uh, for some reason, yeah, just American doctors you know, they, typically don't. They just so. send you to somebody else, you know, just kind of pass the buck. Mm -hmm. And so um, I asked him for some thyroid tests because I had heard that might be a thing. And then mm. I always had this idea that maybe I had a thyroid problem. And they were like, that's, you don't have a thyroid problem. You're fine. You know, just. Yeah. Um, take just, Tylenol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take some Advil. Yeah. And uh, so then I went home and I filled in the, the test that I wanted on the form. So then I took it back or I took it to the lab or whatever. And then I got in trouble. They yelled at me. They said, you are fired as a patient. <laughs> so I was like, but I was really upset because I was young, younger, and I was just like stupid. And I was like, that hurt my feelings, you know, like, I mean, yeah. yes, I shouldn't have done it, but I kind of knew if I didn't do it, I would never get the answers that I needed. You know what I mean? So sure. I was kind of willing to just break the rules, but I needed help and they kicked me out, you know, basically. And I was just yeah. like, okay, uh, I see what, what's happening here. And um, so I actually was so lucky that I ran into a girl that was a naturopathic doctor. She was working in a place next to my personal training clinic and she um, had the lab, I had still the lab results. And she looked at it and she said, okay, you have Hashimoto's. <laughs> She's like, you need to take, and in California, I was living in California at the time. She said, you need to take um, thyroid medication, start it now. And she, now did she was, do, did she do any type of, of test or you were just giving her your symptoms and she's like, oh yeah, that's what you got. No, I had the results of the test that I had, you oh. know, so she um, saw the original tests. Yeah, from the doctor that I was not supposed to order. Wow. <laughs> so I took them to her and she she saw them right away and said, Okay, you're sick. You know, I know exactly what's wrong with you. You need thyroid medication. Um she, she wasn't as super into diet uh as some other naturopaths or nutritionists are, mm -hmm. but she um well, you know, it was kind of like eat whole foods or whatever. She didn't give me a lot sure. of advice about diet, but within two weeks, I felt like a new person. I mean, that was absolutely what was wrong with me. So, um, wow. but I was so, I was very interested in nutrition. Like when I was doing my personal training clients, all I wanted to talk about was what they were eating. And um, so that kind of led me to going into nutrition school. And I was in nutrition school for a while. And the first, <clears throat> then I started learning about Weston A. Price and all that stuff. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like this guy's opening up and there's hope. And yeah. I started feeling better and better. And, um, so that's kind of the short story. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. And, uh, for people that don't know, again, I'll leave, uh, all her, you know, sites and social. So, so check it out. So you just got, you got some really great content. Um, and you know, it's, I, I love connecting with fellow creators that are, are on this cause it's a very niche like we obviously you know it's a niche conversation, a niche topic. And, um, it, unless your for you page is cluttered with <laughs> with health, nutrition, well, like you don't see that stuff. You know, you might see like what Kim Kardashian is wearing that day. And, you know, most people's for you page is kind of like fluttered with 
what's going on uh, around the world. And uh, I was having this uh, conversation with my last guest where you only know what you know, right? And unless you're doing the research into certain uh, topics uh, relating to your health and wellness and overall well-being, you don't really see that on a daily basis until it's too late. And that's what I try to do with my content is I like to keep it fun, entertaining, uh, but I also talk about like what I do as a profession. And of course, I sprinkle in in my podcast, Health and Wellness, because I think it's important that it's part of our life. You know, it should be like brushing your teeth. It should be like, uh, you know, reading and even watching TV. You know, if you watch Netflix every single day, make 30 minutes of that day about your health and, and well-being. Just learn about it a little bit. You know, you don't have to completely flood your for you page with that but it's important to kind of sprinkle in a little bit because you know kind of like what happened to us once it becomes too late and you really have to focus it on it it's there's so much work that you have to put in like you did i mean how long did this whole process that you just explained take a year or two years oh that was in 2010 (laughs) jesus yeah so (laughs) it's a process to figure it out and, you know, for me, uh, which I talked about my Crohn's last time, I don't want to talk about it now because my listeners are like, all right, dude, enough. We've heard that a thousand times. But uh, for me, my Crohn's, it took four or five years to figure all that out. So uh, that's why it's always important that you should focus on your health just a little bit each day. Um, so that way it's not this like overwhelming flood of anxiety and stress when something, uh, God forbid, negative does happen to you. So, yeah. And- and have you found that with uh, creating content? Like, have you uh, interacted with people that uh, didn't really have a passion for it? And then, you know, something happens and then typically they kind of get the defibrillator to look into their health or. Yeah, I think um, that's pretty common. Yeah. yeah. They, Cause you don't really think about it until it's gone. You know, right. you just, you just kind of coasting along and then you, know, you hit the wall. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's almost like, um, like when you're really sick. Like, did you ever get, uh, did you get COVID? Yes. So this whole thing? Okay. Um, so I got like super sick, like, like really sick for two, three days and then I was fine. Um, but during those like 72 hours, the only thing I thought about, I didn't care about my shows that I was missing. I didn't care about, you know, the work I missed. I cared about nothing. The only thing that was on my mind when I was sick was, God, I just hope I get healthy. Right. And we don't really, we kind of take it for granted being healthy, you know, like on a daily basis, you're thinking to yourself, uh, everything's fine. And, you know, traffic this and ugh, I can't believe they canceled my show. And ugh, like, you're thinking about all this stuff that you can't control, but your health is one of the things that you actually can control. You know, the, the reason I feel I recovered from COVID and I'm, I'm sure I'd love to hear your story as well, but the reason I covered so quickly is because I'm, I'm in taking vitamin D every single day. I'm taking my multivitamins. I take care of my health. But like five years ago when I wasn't so passionate about it, if I got COVID, I think I would have been rocked for weeks, you know, and, and, and I don't know if anything else bad would have happened to me. I can't say, but I could just say I felt a lot better than most people that I know that are, that are out of shape. I was sick and for 24 hours and mm. that was it. And, but it was like <clears throat> body aches, a lot of body aches. So I just had to lay down. And thankfully my mom and my husband kind of, we all got sick kind of on a different day. Mm. So then somebody was able to take care of my, two, I have a two year old. So. <laughs> oh, so you kind of took it in shifts. 
Yeah. <laughs> so thankfully they let me sleep so then I could get better. And then I took over when they got sick. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That is kind of, did you guys quarantine as well? Like in separate rooms and were you able to do that or no? Yeah. I mean, we just, we didn't really, we were just all together because my mom got it first then we got it and it was just like, whatever, we're all together. We've, we yeah. stayed in the house, but we didn't, we didn't stay away from each other. Yeah. Kind of like, we're going to get it either way. So we might as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's how me and my wife were. We, uh, she got it first and it was so funny because I, I haven't been sick. I, I usually don't get sick at all. Like I don't get the flu. I don't get the common cold, nothing. I'm, I'm very fortunate with that. Um, for someone who actually has an autoimmune disease, I don't really get sick a lot. And when uh, my wife got COVID, uh, she, immediately we knew. Like she woke up and we're like, yeah, you got it. So I'm walking in the bedroom and I'm like, ha, you got it. You don't take multivitamins like I do. Like I was so cocky. And the second I go upstairs and I'm doing some work and then I come down, I'm like, how you doing, babe? And she's like, Ugh. and day two is pretty rough for most people that did a couple of days. So day two, she was rocked. And I go in, I'm like, hey, can I get you anything? I'm feeling fine still. Like, I'm good. I'm going to go work out. I got done with my workout. I hopped in the sauna. I got out. And it hit me like a bag of bricks. And then I, I go into the bedroom again. And it's now it's day three for my wife. And I'm like, I got it. <laughs> and it was like one of those things where it was just like, I've never felt so brutally destroyed in my life. And again, we talk about like getting sick and, and being healthy. Not only do we take it for granted, but I think, uh, throughout the day, um, we don't understand that every single thing that can impact us from a health perspective can usually be controlled with nutrition. And I realized that, um, especially when I was sick, because I started getting more appreciation for, uh, everything that I'm eating on a daily basis. Like I, I'm always pretty conscious of it, but when you get really sick like that, it kind of like resets your body and then you start realizing, oh, now my body needs nutrients because that's kind of what your body craves when you're really sick. And it gives you a good chance to kind of like refresh and start over. And that's when I really started getting um, like aggressive with not drinking, um, fasting a little bit more because I mean, you kind of fast when you're sick, <laughs> not on purpose, yeah. but yeah, you, you start- <laughs> right. But you start to realize you're like, oh, wait a minute, hold on. So now once I'm going to get better and, and I'm getting all the nutrients after this fast, quote unquote, um, you're fine. Like you don't need food as much as you think. Um, I'm, I'm big into fasting and are you kind of into that as well? Or are you into intermittent fasting or, or anything like that? Or, um, not really because I have a there is a lot of problems with blood sugar regulation with Hashimoto's and mm -hmm. a lot of women have done a lot of really bad crash diets and that's how they got Hashimoto's in the first place. Yeah. And so that, and they're under a ton of stress usually when they get Hashimoto's. So, um, it's usually yeah. not a good idea to fast a lot. Like if, if you are, have been doing keto carnivore for a long time and you're really, really comfortable with it. You know, I'd say over a year, maybe you could do it. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, it just, it feels like whenever I did fast, any benefits that I might've gotten from it, it would push me over into like binge eating. And um, right. so it seemed like it didn't, it negated any benefits that I would have gotten from it because it, yeah. it was like going into those old patterns of restriction and 
it just messed with my brain so much that I was just like, <laughs> it wasn't positive, you know? So sure. it's better to just kind of go to, you know, eat two or three meals a day and just kind of like try to just kind of eat a regular amount and not, because anytime you cut the food off, it would just be like, okay, well now I'm going to eat, you know, a do donuts or something like now you just binge it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that is the problem with, you know, it really any type of diet, you know, that's why they always say yo-yo diets, right? Like if you're not, if you're not sticking to one specific quote unquote diet and you can't have it, I always say it's, it needs to be sustainable. Like if you can't eat like this, the rest of your life, just don't even do it. Don't even try. And that's kind of the problem when I talk to people about keto. Like I'm not, I talked about this on the live that we have with Perfect Keto, but I'm not fully keto only because I just know it's not sustainable for me, for my diet personally. Um, you know, because of my Crohn's, keto is a very funky thing where you kind of have to be careful with, um, you know, macros and things like that to where sometimes like I might go a whole day without eating just if I have an episode or something like that. So for me to get like, you know, I got to be careful with getting into ketosis and more importantly, if I don't eat or if I don't have my macros or my fats correctly, then when I don't eat for that half day or full day, because I can't physically, then when I start to eat like high fats, high proteins, low carbs, I get sick, you know, because my body needs the carbs when I get off that fast or something like that. So it's very, it's very interesting how my body's changed so much, like in terms of what it needs and what it craves. And, um, I have to be so conscious of it every day. Like I have to journal about what I eat just because if something doesn't react with me well, I can't eat that anymore. Like it's a hassle. And, you know, it didn't happen until I was like 30 and it's become a huge burden <laughs> for sure. I'm sure as you know, but you know, this is how it is. And this is why it's important. I think that we need to be conscious before something happens, kind of going back to the beginning of the podcast to where you got to be aware of everything that you're eating now and you got to be aware of how you're reacting you give up and just take you know an immunosuppressants or something like that i mean why not <laughs> there you go why not yeah that's an easy solution might as well <laughs> i'm like five grand a month on immunosuppressants no yeah. Big deal. <laughs> yeah and you know it's only like a handful of side effects no worries <laughs> yeah you know, like for you know infertility and Infertility, tuberculosis, uh, stroke, yeah, heart attack. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was on um, the the first thing, just going back to kind of what you uh, talked about with doctors. Doctors for me gave me a bunch of medications that just did not react with me well for my Crohn's. Uh, the last straw was like Humira, which if you ever watch TV and ads, if you don't skip through ads, Humira is like, it's like car commercials and then Humira. Like those are the most <laughs> common. So I heard about it and I was like, oh, well, if it's this common, it's got to be fine, right? And then you listen you listen to the ad at the end and it's like, please do not take if you're above the age of uh, 35. And it gives you those fast, you know, side effects. And I'm like, it can't be that bad. Like it, it's got to help. So I did it for a few weeks. I was fine and I was doing a shot like every week. Um, in the leg. And uh, after about like four or five weeks, I started getting a little bit of reaction to it, like some skin reactions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was like, all right, no big deal. I mean, this, if this is what it takes, fine. I'll have a skin reaction as long as I'm not like going into the hospital, which is what was happening when I was having Crohn's. Like I, I would get so backed up, I would have to actually go to the hospital. I'd be in the ER for days. So I'm like, I'll take a skin rash for that. No big deal. 
then the whole purpose of Humira is it kind of shuts down your body essentially to fight off whatever's happening. In my case, it was Crohn's. So it shuts down your immune system and focuses everything on Crohn's or whatever disease you might have. And when that happened, if I got a cut on my leg, for example, like a really rough cut, which I did when I was doing some work in the backyard, I got this gnarly cut like an inch long and my body couldn't fight off that, right? So then that infection got super infected to where, again, I had to go to the ER now for this massive infection on my leg. And I'm like, dude, this is crazy. There's got to be another way to where I don't have to like take one ER visit with the other and choose which one's better. So then that's when I started really diving into to nutrition and trying to figure out, okay, so if I could just eat whole foods, maybe that'll help. And the next thing you know, I haven't been to the, the hospital since and I've been off Humira. So, and that's obviously not for everybody, right? Like, just like you, your diet's not going to work for me. My diet's not going to work for you. But if you could just take the time and effort to figure out what it is, man, you just, you live a healthier life and it's amazing. Well, I think we have this idea that doctors are going to save us when really we have to help. We have to save each other, save our own selves. We can't just, um, mm-hmm. we can't just depend on them for, um, for you know, everything. we just, just let it, we just, it's almost like a, a our parent or something. We, when we're a kid, we're just mm-hmm. like, oh, mommy, save me. And that's not, not what doctors are supposed to do. Like, they're supposed to like assist or, you know, yeah. yes, in the ER, maybe, you know, when you cut your head off or something, <laughs> you need, well, you know, you need immediate assistance, but for chronic yeah. things like we have, it's not, you know, it has to be, you take control as well as, you know, maybe some tips from your doctor, or if you get sick or maybe, you know, yeah. you need some intervention, but, um, I think when you go, once you've been in that system for a while, you realize that it's, they don't really have the answers. And the other thing I was going to say about that is uh, Hashimoto's is a big cause of, I'm sure with all autoimmune disease, but it's a, a lot of people who are, who have Hashimoto's are bedridden. They're unable to work. Um, And they also go uh, in clusters you i'm sure you know this that they when you have it's it's likely that i would have Crohn's as well as you know or maybe lupus or our uh, of course ra and um you could get any number of autoimmune diseases to go along with it's like a you know like a a cocktail (laughs) so um if you don't take control that's that was always the thing for me is like i you know, I'm, I need to not focus on looks or anything that maybe other people are worried about, but I am terrified of getting, you know, all these other things because they go, they go in clusters. So oh. that was always my, my why, um, yeah. sticking with it for, you know, over 10 years now. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because, uh, for me, I, I was a trainer as well. I mean, this is going back. What was I? I I'm 37 now, so I think I got my certification when I was 18, no, 19. And, you know, they are only four years long, so I'm way past <laughs> not certified. So usually when people ask, I'm like, I'm not even certified, dude. Just, you know, it's because you should renew it every every couple of years. 
Um, but even, you know, back then I was so addicted to the look, like you mentioned, yeah. oh. and I was 180 pounds or so like jacked. I'll try to, maybe I'll clip it up if I could find it for people watching on YouTube. I'll try to clip a, an old photo of me. Cause I was like, not to be braggadocious, but I was like in my prime. Like I look at that picture now and it makes me very depressed. So I try not to find it. I might've deleted it everywhere, but I, that was the hardest thing for me when I got diagnosed was that that's not going to happen ever again. And I'm never going to look like that because I was eating 6,000 calories a day, you know, and, and the way my Crohn's is, is very interesting to where I can't eat a lot. So, because once I eat a lot, uh, I get backed up Unlike a lot of Crohn's patients. Like if they have chicken wings, they have to run to the bathroom. Um, that's like 80% of the disease for me. Yeah. It's, it, I've never heard of that. Your yeah. kind. Yeah. <laughs> and that's always why, like the diarrhea people, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, not for nothing. I mean, I don't wish this upon anybody knock on wood, but I would kill for some diarrhea. I'd be okay with it. Cause, oh, well, cause that, that, is a, that is, that is a Hashimoto symptom as constipation. Right. So that's right. Yeah. And uh, you know, yeah, they, I mean, I've never been to the hospital, but, yeah. but it's, yeah, I would kill for some diarrhea. That's right. Yeah. Cause, cause it, there's nothing more uncomfortable than being massively backed up and, and, you know, the immune system and the gut biome in particular, the microbiome, they, it, it's the second brain. So when that is fucked up, for lack of a better term, when it's backed up and clogged, it's almost like having brain fog. Like for people going back to COVID, I've never had the worst brain fog in my life than when I had COVID. It's like a different thing where you can't control. There is no amount of functional mushroom or lion's mane or alpha brain. <laughs> There is no Joe Rogan on it product that will fix the brain fog that you have when you're massively constipated. It is brutal. It's, so, it's a detoxification issue. Like all the that's all right. the things, all the bad chemicals that maybe you're exposed to or mm -hmm. you know, pesticides or whatever is being like recirculated and it's and it's whatever's on the inside of your colon is uh, causing more irritation, inflammation. Be, right. by being sitting there you know like the it's the the benchmark of detoxification is opening up your pathways to mm -hmm. eliminate and if you can't do that then you really can't heal that's right and you know that's why i really started to realize that so i'm not going to look that big i'm going to have to kind of clear out my system essentially the things and you did then though the things you did at that to get that same thing with me, I was yeah. like, I have to be this weight. I have to fit in this size clothes. I have to look like this from being a trainer. Mm -hmm. And those things that you did to yourself are what led you to this. You know, maybe, maybe, it, you, maybe you never would have got Crohn's. Maybe it's in your, you know, it's in your genetics, but maybe you triggered it by doing all that crap to your body. Exactly. Yeah, that's so true. I'm hundred percent confident. It was probably that. It was probably the partying, the drugs, the food. Like I, I was a, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was, <laughs> I was a massive douchebag jabroni when I was in my twenties for sure. Like I'm, I'm happy to admit it. And um, yeah, I mean it, that definitely lead me, led me to where I am. Uh, there's no question. I don't, I don't even know if, I mean, there's really no a lot of immune uh, diseases. There's no. Uh, studies in them that say they're, you know, genetic or hereditary. It's, there's no concrete evidence for it because I've tried digging into it. Uh, it doesn't make sense that I have Crohn's. And the only thing I could think of is my eating habits. 
That's it. And I think a lot of chronic diseases could be avoided by that. You know, studies are constantly coming out that food is such an important part of a life and lack thereof. You know, the the amount of food that we ingest on a daily basis every two hours and we think it's, you know, and I don't mean like every two hours like snacking probably like you do and, and I do. I mean like every two hours we go to fast food chains. Every two hours we intake 1,000 calories and we intake 4,000 calories a day. Like we don't understand just going to Panera and having a salad at Panera, that's almost 1,500 calories. You're supposed to have 2,000, 2,500 in a day of good healthy cows and we're not counting calories anymore we're just intaking food and not understanding there's repercussions to that so over the course of 10 years that i went hard that's probably what damaged my body because our bodies aren't really meant to deal with that and you know know, i think when we're young and in our 20s you know we treat ourselves the worst like i went to you know a big you know, one of those gigantic universities. And Mm. it was just party, 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 pizza, Taco Bell, you know, it was horrible. Like that, that's a time we're actually really still developing, you know, we're not even grown up at that point. And, you know, we're just trashing our, our bodies. And then, you know, now there's all this stuff coming out about circadian rhythms and the light and, you Mm -hmm. know, how much, how many days did I spend in my room till noon asleep and you know or or three o'clock in the morning and in a bar you know and it's like so true this and looking at devices and all that stuff i mean we didn't have phones back then but yeah uh, but we watched a lot of tv and stuff that's right yeah that that is so true it kind of sounds like we're saying hey listen don't don't live don't live your life and don't uh you know only focus on your health don't focus on that's not that's not the case but i mean as you get older you know i think not that any any 20 year olds are listening to this being like you know that's right i need to change my life because <laughs> like no they don't listen Be, same thing where my dad and my family they were like hey tony you need to save money you need to take yeah. care of your body you need to i was like fuck you get you know i'm going to do what i want to do so i get it like no one's going to probably li- but hopefully there's a handful of people that are like you know i should probably stop eating taco bell you know, I should probably stop doing that because the problem is, you know, when even when we were in our 20s, um, food is year over year getting less and less nutrient dense. And the issue now is it, it terrifies me because, you know, for my children in 50 years, you know, when they're my age, right, 30, 40, 50, I don't know what the food's going to look like. It's kind of terrifying because when our parents were our age, food was great. You know, like bread only had three ingredients back then. Yeah. Now you look at iron filings. Yeah. <laughs> now you look at bread and it's got 15 ingredients, not because I don't I don't really think it's because companies like want to kill us. You know, there's a lot of like influencers out there that are like, look at Pedialyte and look at the toxins that's in here and the red dye six and I don't think company, I think companies legitimately want to give us the best food possible, the fastest they can and make it last the longest because they want to give us food. But now they're starting to realize that, oh shit, it's damaging to us, but yeah, they're not going to, yeah, think but they cut corners here and there. And, sure. But and, I think, I think they did it like 50 years ago. They started cutting corners and then now it's too late. Now they're not, they're aware of it now. 
but they're not going to go back and change things because they're making too much money. But I think originally the conception of the idea of whatever the product is back in the day, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, like Coca-Cola, for example, you know, those guys were like, you know, we're just going to give people great beverage and we're going to fill it with cocaine and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> well, and, and it, they were probably like, it's not alcohol, <laughs> so it's got to be better. You know? Yeah. But, you know, same thing. But then it's now they're like, uh, they're 120 years in. They're not going to change their fucking, <laughs> the ingredients are going to be the ingredients. They're not going to change anything. And, um, you know, and that's also too where a lot of studies and the kind of the negative with all this food and, and nutrients where unless we study an individual and they eat the same thing every single day and we study them for 50 years, we don't really know the effects of what they're eating and what they're doing, right? Because uh, there's just no way to do a mass study of people that are, eating this every single day, they were exercising, they're not smoking cigarettes and not drinking alcohol. Like there has not to be. Without, um, not without losing their their civil rights. Correct. We <laughs> have, have to, to have to incarcerate them or something and that's not going to work. Yeah. Which, you know, maybe we should, we should look into that down the road because I think that's well, I think what. they did that, but it, you know, it wouldn't go over today. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? Didn't they do that at Harvard? They locked up like 20 people or something. Um, maybe like a year or something. Yeah. And yeah, it was, yeah. And they tried to like do these massive studies of sleeping and eating and socializing and all that. But yeah, they, there's a Stefanson, the guy from carnivore, like the first original carnivore guy. Yeah. He, he did that. He stayed in a place in a hospital, I think in New York for like a year and only ate meat and fat and they studied him and maybe <laughs> He, him and one other guy, and they were like, he didn't get scurvy. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Have have you have you done that diet, carnivore? Well, or experimented I, with it. Out of desperation, I because I I was doing keto for many years. I did paleo first, and I heard you know great things about that, and mm -hmm. and I wasn't fully dairy free. I guess you know more of a primal approach you know, off and on dairy free. Then I thought, well, but I still suffered so much with the, the constipation. So I mm. thought, well, um, and I still had the Hashimoto's antibodies, which was always my goal to get them down to zero. Sure. And I thought, well, now and one of my friends was like, you know, I know you struggle with your digestion a lot. Maybe you should try carnivore. And that was in 2018. And I thought, well, you know, I don't want to do that. Right. So I heard about it for several months, maybe even a long longer. Um, but it was maybe three months that I was like actually <laughs> considering it and like actively not doing it. You know, yeah. I was like, I'm not doing that. It's crazy. Then I thought, okay, I'll just do it for 30 days. And, you know, I won't, I, whatever, I won't die. Whatever happens in 30 days, I'll just, I won't, we'll see. Yeah. So I did it and I actually just loved it and I lost like 10 pounds that first month and on carnivore. Um, mm -hmm. Wow. And, I, and nothing, I had weight loss, very bad weight loss resistance. And, and so I was like, that's amazing. And then my energy was better because on hush, when you have Hashimoto's, your energy can be really low. And, um, mm -hmm. and even though you take medication, you know, you're not all the way better, you know, that's just, yeah, you're, you're just a little better or you're, That's right. you're going to function, you know, but then, yeah. I mean, my skin started looking better. Everything was getting better. My digestion didn't really change 
uh, except for the bloating, like the bloating from all the plants and stuff, it, mm. it went down really fast. Um, within 24 hours, I was like lost the bloating. And I was like, this is crazy. because I've been bloated for so long. I just thought it was like part of like, I would get so bloated, like my rings would just like, it couldn't, you know, it was just like, you oh. could see it everywhere. It's just like, it was like almost like a tide, like it goes up and way up and way down, you know. And um, so that was a, a sign of hope for me. So I was like, well, I'm going to keep going. So I did it for uh, another month and another month. And after about four months, my digestion started moving like on its own. Like I, I take a lot of magnesium or I took a lot of magnesium um, mm. and my digestion started like I started going on my own without taking the magnesium. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And so I just took that as like a sign of healing and um, yeah, I just kept doing it. So that was about four years ago. And are you still on it? Mm -hmm. Carnivore. Yeah. Oh shit. We should have led with that. I didn't, that's, yeah, that's, that's amazing. You know, cause I, I mean, obviously <laughs> I've tried everything under the sun as well. And, um, it just so happens that I, I did plant-based first. Um, after, and I think I talked about this on, on the live, but I did an elimination diet essentially for like two years where like every six months I would give myself, you know, I would, I would be pescatarian, right. For six months. And then I was still having issues. And then, cause a lot of people don't know, you want to give yourself plenty of time, like at least 45 to 60 days of one specific diet. You can't expect changes after a couple weeks. So I gave myself like three to six months for each diet. And it just so happens after eliminating everything, took out red meat at first, I was still having issues being pescatarian. Then I took out fish and chicken, still having issues. I went vegetarian, which of course is still like cheese and stuff. So I took out that completely, went vegan and plant-based, and then I didn't have any issues. So I, I never had like room, I guess, in that elimination diet to try carnivore, but I've always been fascinated with it because I... It's weird when you become vegan and plant-based, like a lot of people think, oh, you're, you know, where's your beanie and, you know, are you growing your own plants and stuff? Like there's a very stereotypical vegan, just like there's with a lot of things. We, we just like to throw stereotypical stuff on and we like to label things. But I, it, it is hard once you get in this, like now I do grow my own plants and stuff <laughs> because you get kind of immersed in the culture, right? Like you, you know, start buying Teslas and and worrying about solar panels and um it after a few years it just kind of like morphed into this thing where you have a better appreciation for food as a whole which leads to having a better appreciation for the planet and the earth and all that and i think we all like care about the earth like no one really litters that much anymore like they want to sometimes we make mistakes but i think we all like have a little vegan in us and um and you know we do love the earth and we love the planet we love food and we love animals but we also love cheeseburgers you know, it's right. I mean, there's just, there, there's kind of one of those things where we forget for a second that that was a cow, you know, we know it was a cow, but we're like, just for like this two minutes, I'm going to forget because it's so good. Right. Like we love cheesecake, but you don't understand that that was a cow getting milked. And then there's a thousand <laughs> levels of processing that leads to that cheesecake. So, um, I've never tried carnival, but I've been very fascinated with it. I'm terrified to do it now. I'm, I'm open-minded to trying it eventually because I think it would be interesting um, from a content perspective, like a vegan for four years and then 
transitions into carnivore, I think that would be interesting. And I would be, uh, I'd be curious after a few months, how my body would, you know, it well, might be better. Being, you'd be in good company. There's a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there really? From oh, yeah. vegan to, to carnivore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the better, I would imagine. Well, they don't, I mean, they probably would have just gone back and not made like YouTube videos about it instead. Yeah. It's not really something you want to say if you're not really serious because, you know, you'll get a lot of hate comments and stuff. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, I I personally wouldn't care about that. I would care more about, you know, people with my chronic disease because I think a lot of people that are vegan are vegan because they, uh, you know, want to protect the planet and, you know, care about animals. And again, I go back to, I do as well, but I also care about my health way more than I care about a cow. Well, that's how it was for me. I was a pescatarian, vegetarian too. And Mm -hmm. that was the year I did it for a whole year. And that I read that book, Skinny Bitch. And, um, that was all about the factory farming and everything. So, I mean, I think, and it appeals to your side of that you know i want to take care of the earth and the animals and all that and you you know you you think that's gonna that's gonna do it so you're like well you know i want to do that more than you don't think that maybe your health is going to be affected that's right but i think that you know my one of my biggest mistakes was doing a lot of soy and i think you know hopefully Mm -hmm. you don't i don't think you do that um so Mm -hmm. doing a lot of soy i think was a really that inhibits thyroid function and thyroid hormone synthesis. So I think that was a big mistake that, you know, maybe I wouldn't have gotten as sick as I did if I didn't mm. overdo the soy, you know, I was eating it like three times a day. We're just like nonstop. So, yeah. you know, I was driving that nail in the coffin really hard. So. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back to soy is a good point because <clears throat> we kind of have this misconception a lot with, different foods. But I think if you can live off the model, which is why I think carnivore works for a lot of people and you see some incredible health benefits, is it carnivore or is it because it's no processed shit? Might be a little bit of that too. You know, that's what's interesting about uh, having a plant-based diet. Like if you just did a plant-based diet with meat occasionally, like good grass-fed or wild, you know, game meat, I think you'd be fine. I don't think there's any issues with that because I think it's all whole foods and it's all, you know, good nutrient dense foods. So when we look at carnivore, we look at like it's carnivore. It's, you know, cause again, carnivore is not going to McDonald's and just grabbing the burger. Like it's right. It's, it's good, healthy meats, uh, it, you know, livers and, and all that stuff. But th- it's not like you're- a lot of people believe in eating nose to tail. And then there's a lot of people right. who say, you don't have to do that. So there's a kind of an inward, you know, an inner yeah. fight between the people who are like, let's eat, you know, McDonald's patties and ribeyes from the grocery store. And then there's mm. the other people who are um, more like you have to get your meat from a farmer and you have to yeah. eat, you know, the, the organs every day and all this stuff. Yeah. So there's kind of it. But that's, you know, infighting. Sure. Like in every, I'm sure in vegan, they have the same thing. Oh yeah. For like to a lot of people, I'm not even a full vegan because I've done videos where like, I'll do like an Instagram story and I'll have honey on my avocado toast and fucking vegans freak out. They're like, what the, you have honey. Do you know what bees had to go through for that? And I go, yeah, I get it, dude. But you know, again, that's the only thing I do bad. So sorry. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of that in each, each culture. And 
But, you know, again, I think that's kind of good, right? Because it, we go back to what is good for you, right? What What's good for you personally? And you can't worry about what anybody else says because people don't know your story and they don't know what type of disease you has and, and, and what you went through. Um, unless, you know, you're like our followers and our fans and our YouTubers that actually watch our content and consume it every single day. You don't know the the fight and the struggle we went through. You know, you might not, if you had the choice, maybe you wouldn't want to be carnivore every day. Like if you could eat whatever you wanted to without any repercussions, you might do that. I know I would. I know I would. Yeah, nobody wants to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, my, my favorite food is ice cream. Like, come on. You yes. know, it's, it's cereal. My favorite food, honestly, is cereal. I mean, growing up, I, I ate cereal every single day. And that is my favorite food. So oh, do you have... I've, do you have a favorite cereal? If you had to pick like just a, on an island and you could only pick one cereal, what would it be? Mm, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of lame, but it's like Honey Nut Cheerios. That's not lame. This is fantastic. It's one of the best cereals in the world. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Vegans would love you hear that. My parents would like buy the, the cheap ones, you know, like the off-brand ones. So, so, But I want the real thing. Yeah, not those big bags at the bottom of the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, uh, cause cereal is definitely skim milk. The skim milk. <laughs> yeah. That's I, want right. real milk. I want the heavy vitamin D. Yeah. Full milk. Have you, um, have you heard of three wishes cereal? Mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll Instagram. Cereal? Yeah. It's, you know, yeah, it is, but, okay. there, but it's actually really good. Cause it's made, um, I think like what's the key ingredients. So it's like chickpea, um, monk fruit. Uh, for sweetener there's only like six or seven ingredients but it's really good like i've tried misfits and um there's a couple other like healthy foods uh or healthy cereals rather and they're just all cardboard garbage this is the closest like they have a honey one the reason i bring it up they have a honey one that tastes exactly like cheerios like you would you would freak out and obviously you probably can't have it because you're you're carnivore but (sighs) if you had to cheat a little bit like I, i use that uh, to cheat and it's really good so there there are some good alternatives but yeah there's nothing that beats yeah, the there's best a lot thing. more options than there used to be you know that's right yeah yeah for me i mean you know i'm italian so there's not a whole lot of <laughs> great vegan <laughs> alternatives like one thing i miss if i had to pick i mean i eat pizza still just because i make my own dough and i cook my own i have a brick oven pizza in my house that i made so i are you, are you gluten-free um not fully no I do it because uh, the pizza is the only thing that I won't cheat on. Like I make my own dough and it's definitely got gluten. But like, you know, if it's bread, I'll do gluten-free bread only because not necessarily an allergy or anything, but just because gluten does back me up. Like I've realized that. But in small doses, I can handle it because usually like if I have a nice big, like when I talk brick oven pizza, I have a huge brick oven pizza on me. So we'll cook 16-inch pies. And I'll fast all day. Like, I'll have nothing but juice. You know, I'll make, like, a kale, celery, lemon juice, and I'll have that all day, and I'll just kind of cleanse my body so there's nothing left. And then at night, I'll have that pizza. So I know that's the only way I can intake that, but that is not... If someone told me, dude, you have Crohn's disease, and the only cure is don't have pizza, I'm like, no, I'm keeping my Crohn's, and I'm having it because I'm not... Pizza is like my cereal to you. Like that is not. (laughs) So anyway, but I just realized we're at like 48 minutes. I could go all day with you, 
Kaylin, but uh, I want to be conscious of your time and all that. Uh, but this was good. So let's wrap this bitch up so we can hop on your channel. Um, let everybody know where they could find you. Let them uh, know your YouTube and uh, and all that jazz. My Instagram is Caitlin. Oh, sorry, it's Grassfed Girl. And my YouTube, I think, is Caitlin Weeks. But if you search Grassfed Girl on YouTube, it'll come up also. And so, yeah, Grassfed Girl everywhere, pretty much. And I have a blog at grassfedgirl.com. And I've written a couple cookbooks. And um, yeah, lots of stuff. So awesome. if you're struggling with thyroid or um, and you want to do carnivore, then just come find me. I love it. Well, Caitlin, it's uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Good to get to know you. And um, yeah, definitely for everybody listening out there, uh, follow Caitlin. She's got some great content and uh, really interesting stuff. So check that out. Caitlin, thanks so much for coming on the show and uh, we'll stay in touch. Thanks, Tony. Oh, hey there. First of all, thanks for making it to the end of this video. Not a lot of people do, according to the YouTube analytics, but I, I do want to say thanks for listening to this. There's some more episodes if you want to check those out and they're all just as good but if you haven't already make sure you subscribe to the channel check out those timestamps below to reference uh, some of the topics i talked about as well as some discount links to some of our sponsors and affiliates but uh, thanks for listening to this episode and uh, we'll see you next time